I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And they've done a fantastic job with that car. It's proportionally spot on. It's just a shame that we can't because we might be all doing a little bit better. Because there's no rear overhang and in a rear impact, everyone's dead in a 205. I didn't want everyone to die. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Collecting Addicts podcast. Most of us are UK based. Manish, however, is in the Middle East. Lucky him. Now, starting off today, all new cars are ugly. Is that a statement that any of the addicts can support? Neil Clifford, you asked it or you stated it, so you can answer it now. It was a genuine question as opposed to a particularly strong opinion that I've got, but I suppose. I always worry that we all post-50s turn into old farts that say the weather was always better in the past and the music was always better and the fashion was always better and women were better looking and no one was fat. And I try to avoid that looking back thing. But I do I do think that cars probably were prettier in the olden days before you had all these regs and airbags and you know, European Union telling you how to design things and how you can't kill people on pedestrian crossings. So I suppose they probably are a bit uglier, aren't they? Yes, yeah, it's more difficult to name really pretty cars nowadays that or maybe we maybe we, you know, you just hark back to the good old days when your life was at its peak in the 20 when you were 20s or 30s. And now we're all old farts. I'm not sure which is the answer. There were some ugly cars. The, the question was, are all modern cars ugly? It's not really to compare them against uh, what was, what they were building in the 50s and 60s. And, and I, well, I, I think I, that it probably was, because the hint was the word modern. Yeah, but I, I, I had a... Uh, no, all new cars, I think it was. Yeah. But I, I had a poke around 
I, I find it very hard to find a really unattractive car. I think there's a few... Unattractive? There's a few manufacturers that are wildly off-piste at the moment with their, their design, but I quite like Peugeot's new design language and Kia and Dacia, and I quite like the new super boxy Toyota um, Land Cruiser. Mm-hmm. I, think that, I think there's some really cool cars out there, and, and the new Vantage is stunning, the little Alpine hot hatch they're going to launch, which I think is all electric. Super cool design on, on that. I, I think there's some really, really cool stuff out there. Check out Eddie. He's all positive. We love it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Chris Cooper, are you, do you share this positivity or are you a curmudgeon? Uh, so all new cars are not ugly. Although there are some modern and new ideas, which generally speaking are. So quite a lot of crossovers are a bit ugly because they're trying, they're based on hatchbacks. So they're constrained by the platform they're based on. And they're trying to get a bit more height. Like we've all gone back to wearing stove pipes or headgear generally uh, in a car. Um, and the Nissan joke, I took me a long time to realize that the Nissan joke isn't actually called Nissan joke. It's called Duke. <laughs> but it's not a regal juke. It's a it's a jukebox juke. Anyway, it's a joke. So I think there are some new ideas, but there are some new cars I think are not ugly, decidedly not ugly. I think the Ferrari two nine six is really nice. It's just I know it's derivative. It's got those LM haunches, and it looks better in the metal and pictures. I think. Um, yep. and, and I know again it's derivative, and we could have all done it if we'd had Chat GPT or whatever the the design version of Chat. But, but the McLaren Artura, the Spider version released today in decent colours, silvers, that's not ugly. No, that's not think, very not ugly. Do you, do you think if you married a supermodel and got divorced, and she took you for most of your money, you would look at? What a time to freeze. And what a time yeah. to get a photo of that. Sorry. Oh, you, you, Sorry. Froze, did, you froze did, then, like this. <laughs> no, what, what did did they? So if you married a supermodel hmm. and she took you for most your money and after the divorce, do you think you'd still think she's pretty? How did we get there from new cars? Because you raised the uh, Ferrari 296. So if you've just right. paid 350 grand for one and you've sold it for 170 oh, I see. I do you think yeah. you would still think it's pretty? <laughs> you might if you think it's second hand, you, you might. You might have a different view on the aesthetic. Manish, what do you think? Um, I, I think there is one brand which is just across the board hideous. And they used to be the most beautiful cars when I was a kid, and that's Citroen. I think the Bolingo Ami and City all look disgusting. They look really disgusting. I'm with Neil on that one, you know. Do all modern Citroens look disgusting? Yes. But I'm 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 sort of somewhere between Edward and Chris C on this. I think there are some some prettyish cars out there. They're certainly not 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 ugly, ugly. I think um, you know, I've already made my Feelings about BMW 5 Series well-known. I think they look great, actually. I think um, I agree with you. The new Aston, very, very cool-looking car. You don't like it, Neil? You don't like the I like the front. I just wish they'd have changed I know you mean, back. yeah, the bum is a bit... Yeah. DB12. DB12 is good. Yeah. yeah. Funny, on yeah, the Vantage, so... I like the back of the car, not the front. Yeah. Oh, so you like the old one. 
You always were a bit of an arse man, no, Mr. C. I just, <laughs> I set well, them some up. Some things that hurricanes look good. Half folly. You know? <laughs> uh, I, I, I saw. I think everyone's right here because we're all lovely and cuddly tonight. There yeah. are what I, but what I do think fundamentally, designing a car these days is a pretty thankless process. By the time you've met the requirements of being able to hit a six-year-old at 40 miles an hour with your bonnet, which is, you know, should be physically impossible. It's a great thing that we do that. But it does mean that the general... Sh what was that behind Neil Clifford? Was that a poltergeist? That was that was a ghost. <laughs> it's the ghost of Emma Clifford. <laughs> and, uh, Sorry to hear that. I just think they... He's getting a chocolate. Yes, she's gone, she's gone. The brains of the operation, finally, we see her. Uh, the I think it's... You know, you're left with awkward overhangs, proportions. You know, it's a desire. It's a bit like being, you know, can you imagine being a chef and being told you can only use, you know, Lear Dammer, pasta and, you know, shit ingredients. You know, there yeah. are restrictions placed on these people. So their creativity, when it works, is almost more surprising. So I'll give you an example. Yesterday, uh, they took the covers off this new Renault 5 electric car that was all over the internet. You know, yeah. they unashamedly, you know, they gone back and plunged into the back catalogue and they've done a fantastic job with that car it's yeah. proportionally spot on i think i love it when car makers do that i think there's been there are there are pockets of real ability and flair but then equally surprisingly there are places where you think did you did you even try some of the bmw sort of x4e crossover oh. thing, i just i just cannot believe anyone put that into a clinic and went that looks good yeah, funny you should say that. We saw one, the boys and I are at the weekend going somewhere, and we saw an X4. Is there a coupe version, an even yeah, they, uglier they, version? Yeah, there's one that looks, they um, always make one that looks like it's been sat on by a giant. And it, we thought, how how did we get there from the ultimate driving machine? And it managed as 5 Series Touring is a, is a great looking car. Yeah. How yeah. could a company that puts that in its design studio and gets people around and say, doesn't this look good, then deliver something that, honestly, I've delivered better looking things into a porcelain bowl than I have those cars. They're absolutely yeah. incredible. Well, so, we, we, have, we, have, we have told ourselves in the past that these uh, manufacturers are actually more intelligent than we give them credit for. And clearly, someone did tell them they wanted these cars, and that's why they built them. The, 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 doesn't, mean, doesn't mean we have to think they're good looking. Popularity is not a denominator of something being good or bad. The, the, I did just, the, the other thing as a, an observation is obviously with electric cars, they don't need to be designed with the same functionality as a yep. combustion engine car with cooling, et cetera. And, you know, BMW and kidney grills, et cetera, that, you know, have ended up being a design cue. And clearly some designers are trying to find ways of redesigning what a car should look like without the need, the necessity of these vents that we we all love. We know, we, you know, when a, yeah. they launch a new Ferrari with massive vents on the front for cooling the brakes, et cetera. It's a very good point. It's a point well yeah. made. It's actually the basic, the basic architecture of a car doesn't need to be the same. You don't need to have what we call the three box shape anymore. You can have something completely different. But no one's been brave enough to do it because I think they're scared the customer will run away. I'll tell you one company that we all have a guilty admiration for a certain car, don't we? And I think yeah. this isn't guilty necessarily, but of all the sort of modern angular designs where people just seem to be overcomplicating shapes, the car company that. I find myself going, oh, I think that looks quite good. Some of these little Toyotas and Lexuses with complicated lines and big arches, I think they look quite good. They're the ones that I like the most. I think I think they do a much better job than the Germans. 
when the Germans get involved with this stuff, it just goes a bit wrong for me. Well, there's not much great at Mercedes at the minute, I don't think. Is there really? It's totally bad. No, that's a good call. That's a good call. The um, We talked about the CLA before and how chronically doggy doing a poo that looks like. I think you're right. You both made the point, I think, about, or you all made the point about there are certain points, there's an increasing number of fixed points car makers have got to design around and a certain air gap between the bonnet and the top of the head of the engine. And that clearly builds in compromises and horrible looking bonnets. And even the size of the door mirror, was it a few years ago? It must be quite a few years ago now, when the EU said, yeah, door mirrors aren't big enough. That's why people are pulling out in front of people. If only the door mirrors were bigger. I mean, nothing about drive properly, you moron. <laughs> I no, remember going, we're going on the launch of the 206 GTI. That that car had one of the most unenviable tasks imaginable. It had to follow mm. one of the greatest hatchbacks ever. And this designer was at a table. And after the 11th journalist had gone, why doesn't it look like a 205? He was pretty much suicidal. <laughs> he was just there sort of knocking back the pastis going, I couldn't do it because there's no rear overhang. And in a rear impact, everyone's dead in a 205. I didn't want everyone to die. (laughs) And I'm not a fan of people dying, but I do think, and this is a wider philosophical point, when we we branch out into In Our Time or the Moral Maze or the Collecting Cars version of that, I'm I'm sort of contrary about the idea that somehow personal responsibility has been indexed down totally versus the collective responsibility not to. So, you know, when we were younger, well, so when Neil and I were younger, you know, we had the Green Cross Man, uh, the Tufty Club, I'm dimly aware of. And we're told, if you walk out onto the road, you might get hit by a motor vehicle. Mm. Whereas ice now... Cream it was always an ice cream van. I'm not sure you can say Green Cross Man anymore, Chris. I think you need to be very careful there. Otherwise, we'll have the HR department on you. Uh, but no, I, I mean, uh, though, he was uh, Dave Prowse. Yeah. Dave Prowse was from your part of the woods. Wasn't he the Jolly Green Giant? He, yeah, Dave he, Prowse was Darth was, Vader. He was Darth Vader. He also he was, played Frankenstein's Monster, and he was in um, Clockwork Orange. He died quite recently, very sadly. And I, there was a video I saw school. of him he uh, where he was... School, just about 100 yards that way. He was explaining why he was very upset that his voice, because the original recording of Star Wars had his voice. And he said, I was very, I never got over the fact that they subsequently decided that James L. Jones had a more formidable sounding voice than that lovely West Country burr of Days Prowse. I, I, for one, would have paid more money to go and see Star Wars with the West Country burr in it than yeah. Dave Prowse <laughs> telling everybody that the Death Star is fully operational. Have you ever seen movies that are dubbed in Hindi? Like Jurassic Park in Hindi is possibly the greatest comedy in the history of comedies. I think we should do exactly that. We'd like to do it. A Hindi Star Wars trilogy, four, five, and six. Darth Vader would have sounded a bit like Gareth from the the office. It would have been, she's fit. You can imagine that layer. I'd give her one. (laughs) So it's my fault. Uh, so, so we've gone from styling to the moral responsibility for those involved in an accident or, you know, looking after yourself to uh, West Country Darth Vader. We've digressed, I think they call that. So let's let's get it back on track. Cooper, stop <laughs> doing that. So, again, ev- ev- everyday questions we're posing here. Could you use a Rolls Royce as a daily vehicle in the UK and would you get abused? I'm going to go back to Neil Clifford first. 
I would, th this was my question because I've so want to, because actually, even though I'm a, I adore Bentley, really the king of the kings is the Rolls Royce, isn't it? It's yeah. the analogy of, if you want to say the best of the best, you say, well, that's the Rolls Royce of watches, or it's the Rolls Royce of pizzas, or it's the it's the peak car, isn't it? It is. Uh, so it's it's almost like Hoover. It's 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 become a thing much bigger than just a car brand. It's the best of the best. And when you yeah. go on that website and go into that configurator, you think, oh my God. They're just fabulous things. And it would be so lovely to be able to buy one, you know, secondhand and smoke around in it. But I just, I worry that it's unfortunately a bit too ostentatious for our roads. I want to go and live in Los Angeles or Miami or Dubai so I can enjoy a Rolls Royce. Allow me to interrupt then. So, so which Rolls Royce would you choose? Phantom. Okay. And, Extended wheelbase. Oh, I don't agree with that, Ben. Um, and what would you, and how would you use it? Would you try and use it as an everyday car? Yes. I, I, mean, I, I have tried to do this. I did buy a Phantom. You did, yeah. About 75,000 miles on it, and I tried to daily it. And we've we've gone through this, and I'm now through the therapy. But I did also, I probably never told you this, I did try and get a tow bar fitted to it, because I wanted to tow <laughs> my rally car with it. But I, but no one would do it. I, I went to this place and I went to this place down in Bristol. And went, can you put a bar on that? Darth Vader was there as well. Actually, he said Leo was fit, and um, and I I couldn't. He just kind of wouldn't put, put a tow bar on it. But I like I love the idea of doing it. I'll tell you what it is. My mm. experience trying to daily a Rolls Royce. You're in one of two camps. You either do it because you deserve it, and the people that observe you think it works, and the person and the car match up, or and you can guess which camp I'm in, you wake up and you feel fraudulent, but it's funny. And you think that because you're being ironic in the car, everyone else hopefully will love you Yes, your irony. But yeah. actually, most of the people that see you on the M4 just think you're an utter cock. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah, And I and I, I knew that, but I styled it out for quite a long time. And I did. I, honestly, it was... Lovely. They're worse. And it, i tell you what they do, what a Rolls Royce does do. You're right. It's the apex of motor vehicles. Whatever comes along in the next 100 years, I still think Rolls-Royce will retain it that is. Place as being the yeah. ultimate. Yeah. yeah. Like, all, like all ultimates, they create social situations you can't imagine. You know, you'll have, if you wear the most extraordinary wristwatch, someone will recognise that and you'll have a conversation because of it. If you go to a restaurant and drink the greatest bottle of wine, someone will, it'll start a conversation, an interaction that you didn't expect. Rolls-Royces do that in my experience. Not always nice ones, but they do. They they make your life more interesting. So I do. They were. They were I, I'm totally with Neil here. I was thinking about this yesterday. When we were growing up, you could judge your friends and your friends' parents and sort of the pecking order. Not just in is it a GL or an L, Cortina or Granada or Sierra, but very very occasionally somebody would know somebody, and. You would think, well, they've got a very big house. And I, I've dream, driven past their house, and you can't see the house from the road. That's how posh and wealthy they are. But you still wouldn't really be able to calibrate it until somebody said they've got a Rolls Royce. Exactly. That was it. That was it. Didn't Pete. matter what anything. I'll never be able to attain that. 
there is something about when I was a student, I used to do yacht deliveries. So you would be flown to the Mediterranean somewhere at the end of a summer and help sail somebody's boat back to the south coast of England. And the last one I did before I started working went to Mallorca. And this guy had sort of a quite a nice boat, the three of us sailing it. And I got to know him a little bit. We took four weeks to get back because the weather was dreadful. And we stopped somewhere in the south, southern Spain coast. And I started asking, he said, and he, at one point in the conversation, he said, and yeah, I've, I've got a Rolls Royce. I didn't hear anything else in that dinner. Mm. I just heard a Rolls Royce. So it's a hard bar to overcome as a daily. But as long as it's not a Cullinan, because that says something else about you. I like them I too. Think, I think you could do an older Rolls. I, th- I would love the idea of a reasonably sorted Corniche two-door, pre-federalised bumpers. So late 60s, somebody will tell us wh- when the model changed and the facelift changed. But a two-door... Look, they always look like their rear suspensions collapsed to me. Why are they so low at the back? I quite like that. I quite the like problem that. is look, all of those like cars... To, they look like a dog trying to clear some worms away to me. They're just dragging their arse out of them. Thank you for that. No. Thank you for that picture. <laughs> All of those cars, unfortunately, you know, I've had all of them. They're all shit. You can't date. You, you can't daily them. They break down. That's the yeah. Oh, that, that's a far too practical answer. I was, I was. Chris, as usual, has given a broad answer that covers everyone's answer. My answer was going to be yes is the answer to it. And if you turned up every day at your office, wherever in Knightsbridge or in Mayfair, in a in an old cloud or shadow or an old wraith. That you, you'd be loved by everyone around you to turn you up. And as Neil, the practical side of it is probably brave. So you'd have to get a taxi in or the train in. But I still think there's something quite charming about, you know, a relatively inexpensive old Rolls Royce and chundling into your office or your practice or whatever you do. I think I... Neil was so spot on, wasn't he? About, but just about sort of, um, could you daily it in England? And that becomes really complicated. But um, you know, I think Dudley Moore in 10 was just such a perfect example. That's a good one. You know, the guy makes loads and loads of money. He's a Beverly Hills or rather Malibu Beach living, um, you know, Hollywood composer, basically. Makes loads of money, looks perfectly acceptable. Now, I'll tell you something. In the 80s and the early 90s, we, we knew a few doctors who had Rolls Royces, sort of eminent surgeon types, mm. and looked perfectly fantastic in them. And then, of course, you know, Doctor salaries, as I'm sure you've seen, have, uh, in real terms, are probably about a quarter of what they were in those days, squeezed both privately and in the NHS. And I mean, certainly no one I know, perhaps my brother-in-law, could um, could buy one, and he certainly wouldn't. I think it'd be really tricky to drive in a silver, so, you know, to drive a ghost. But why, why do you think Harley it's tricky? I suppose, I suppose very, I'm, very I'm interested in that, Manish, because... Is it because they are more ostentatious now than then? I don't think so. Is it? No, because... I don't think so at all. I think you're right. Yeah, I think they, know... they mean something else, though, because um, I, mean, I, do, I do remember once, if I told you the story, I, I was with a friend, Dan, and um, his Fiat X19 broke down right outside Harrods, and it was pumping smoke out. And this is in the 80s, and Dan wasn't um, a member of the AA, so he ran off to a phone box, and he got a bunch of coins and said, I better join. He joined and um, uh, a, a, a parking warden came up and he saw the smoke coming out of the car. He said, I'm not going to give you a ticket. There are only two sets of people I don't give tickets to. I don't give them to people that broke them down. I don't give them to Rolls Royce at the double park because they burnt their money. And he walked off. 
That's good. Yeah. But there's there's a there's a guy on. Well, I think we don't think they earn their money. I think that's the point, Neil. The kind of guys who drive around round and Rolls Royces now just don't look but like they're. It's not true, though, is it? There's there's a guy there's a guy on Instagram. You can't see this. His name is Michael Bucks. M U X. Yeah. F U X. That's why we want to live in Miami. And you, everyone, should go and have a look at his Instagram page. He owns about twenty Rolls Royces. He owns one in every bloody color. He's a self-made man. He's done it in the mattress bed. king. He's the king of mattresses, and he's got a lime green one, a red one, a blue one, all of them with matching leather. And he earned all his money. And for, I suppose. My slightly controversial question, if it was more acceptable to be able to do that here, maybe our economy would be a bit better. I think that, Neil, that, that you know, the, the observation is a cultural one, isn't it? And that's why, you know, yeah. it, Michael Fuchs has amazing cars. He shows amazing. them off on Instagram. He's a huge philanthropist. And, you know, you can't yeah. not love him because he's so out there doing, Bright green. doing yeah it's he's so, got every color guy i think he's made UK, all he's, I, he's done it all himself he can yeah. maybe our roads are a bit small maybe it's a bit difficult i suppose i think it's just a shame that we can't because we might be all doing a little bit better yeah it's, yeah it's it's a it's the social issue and maybe, yeah. maybe when, when we talk about look, looking through rose-tinted spectacles in the past I'm not sure it's ever been. I think there's always been a good part of the population that has sneered and not like people driving Rolls Royces. I think it's always really been the same. Yes, it's complicated now. Whereas I think if you drive, if you you know if you lived in the centre of Birmingham and you were 22 and you drove a Wraith that was fully blacked out and murdered out, that's a bit different to driving around in an EWB Phantom with clear glass that's in a you know retirement beige down in Sandbanks. I don't know. I think yeah. the former is more acceptable than the latter in many ways to most people. Yeah. But I it still, it, tell you what, it, I can remember. I remember a couple of times getting up and go, getting in my car and thinking, oh, "This experiment needs to end now." I'd rather drive another car today because I think I'm going to get in trouble with someone, or I'm going to get. Mm. Mm. I get the irony thing. You know, I've tried to pull that irony thing off. It's hard because only you get it. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, you yeah. can't assume anyone else cares. You've got to explain no, it. Yeah. They just yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the it's a shame because we all want Rolls Royces. You do, they're great. And the most refreshing thing, actually, mm. when someone comes up to you and goes, it's just a BMW underneath, and you go, yeah, and walk off. You could uh, daily a ghost. A, mate, uh, a client of mine daily is a ghost. He's got quite an old one, but he just goes everywhere, and he turned, pit, used to pitch up here in our offices and just go, I said, I thought, and I had that same reaction, which was when I was 12 years old, thinking, he's got a Rolls Royce. Yeah. Well, there was a beautiful one. I think it was on. It was going for sale tonight, wasn't it, Edward? The a special edition, yeah. whatever. That's what made me raise this question because I thought, yeah. oh, bloody love that! It's lovely. Is it a ghost? It was a ghost. It was a oh, ghost. There was a yeah. phantom. There's a yeah. There's a ghost on, isn't there? Silver car, yeah. Limited yeah. edition thing. Mm, lovely. E EWB. Would you would you have uh, monkey? You just sounded negative about EWB earlier on. Yeah, you can't. EWBs, you can't drive them yourself. You've got to be driven in them. If you, if you drive anything that's EWB, it feels true. ridiculous. Because what, what you must never do is look over your shoulder because you go, "Oh, that's not good." There's a there's a there's an acre behind me, and and then if you see yourself in profile in a window in a shop window, because we all occasionally check ourselves out, don't we? When you look left, you just think, 
yeah, I mean, especially if you look like me, you look like a chauffeur. There's no getting around it. You know, you look like you're. You we look don't like, look like, like a chauffeur. You look like you're driving from the Savoy to T4 and back again. That's all you're doing. Even the new electric one, I can't remember its bloody name. Spectre. That, look, the Spectre, that looks great. Yeah. That it yeah, does. It, look, it does look cool. Very bling front grill on it, but it's. Uh, yeah, it, it looks. Though. It does. It does look good. It does look good. Well, yeah, I'd have that away, over Tesla. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, weekend cars. Can, I'm going to start this one, Christopher, if you don't mind, because yeah. it, do you mind if I start this one? Oh, you can, of course. And I'm going to tell you a little story, and it's 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 very timely, and it's going to put a massive smile on your face. That was quite passive-aggressive, Edward. I'm well, going to start this. Do it's only because something's this? literally happened in the last 30 seconds. Okay. About four weeks ago, I had a telephone call from a man, and he was the CEO of... AFN Porsche. And he said to me, Edward, I sold a client of a car, a client a car in 1996, brand new, and it was a 993 RS. And he's still got the car today. It's never been in the wet. It's done 10,000 miles. Ooh. And he's thinking about selling the car. And as a total car addict and a Porsche addict, that is the core you want it's the it's the call that makes you warm and you immediately you go into super competitive mode and he did say that they'd already spoken to a competitor auction house and i was relentless and said we will throw the kitchen sink at it we need this car we will promote it to the world and chris went and did a video uh, we had the car collected from the guy's house he wanted an obscene amount of money for it, but we said, we'll do it. I think we can do something remarkable here. So we sent the car to our managed partner near Newbury. Chris went up, did a very quick video with it. Um, the video has attracted something in the realms of 60,000 views or something mad like that. Um, we've done our job. We charged him nothing to sell it. We've promoted it to the world. The auction ended last night. And unfortunately, it failed to sell. But I've got a team of 90 plus amazing individuals around the world that are relentless in selling cars. And it's just been clicked and sold now to Australia. Oh, and wow. we've, you know, we've charged the guy £6,000 or charged the buyer £6,000 commission. We've sold it for £456,000, wow. which is a world record. For a 993 RS. Well, I know that's sort of a bit uh, for collecting cars, but um, well done. Chris and I were talking until the late hours uh, last night, sort of saying, why haven't we sold that car? You know, we've got to be able to sell it. And we've been on it all day and we've just clicked it. It's just good hustle. Good hustle. Oh, well the, done, team. Good hustle. Can I also say, do I know where that car's gone, Edward? You do. You yeah, do. Uh, yeah. what a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good place for it to go. What a, yeah. a great story. Yeah, we were up till late last night. We were. I was eggy about that. I thought we threw the kitchen sink at it, so I was disappointed. You so, did. It was well really done. good. Well done. Thank uh, you. Okay, so uh, Manish, what's your week in cars been? In fact, if there's been no week in cars, and there has been a week in cars, because we know you've been in something. Yes. Oh, yeah, I shared it with you yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A friend of mine, over here, and I'm in Abu Dhabi. Um, he lives in Dubai. He he um, he used to sell. Um, he was one of the commercial directors of the Lotus Formula One team back in the uh, Tony Fernandez days. He's a bit of a petrol head 
and he bought himself his first ever electric car and he bought a Taycan turbo and he came, he came to pick me up from my hotel yesterday we went out to lunch and I said Taycan turbo is that not where's the turbo and he said this is the turbo and he flicked a switch and turbo and a Taycan turbo is a sound effect I couldn't believe it. He actually switched it on and it went like that. And he said, this is what it sounds like when you don't put the switch on. Like that, literally. <laughs> and just as I was having a sort of bit of a giggle, and he is a bit of a petrol head, this guy, he said, before you laugh too much, let me show you this car's acceleration. Just outside the hotel, there's a good half a kilometer stretch of motorway or, or, or road, four lanes, the traffic lights were all green. He said, no, 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 put your head back into the headrest. And he dropped it. And I think this car can do 0-60 in 2.7, can't it? Something like that. Yeah. And it did. Yeah. And it was really unfunny. And he, he had the turbo. But I, I've never, ever accelerated that fast in a road car. I just was... Anyway, that was good, wasn't it? And then I could see why the ceramic brakes are so big. And why the wheels are so big because you need to stop one of these things yeah. so um i'm not sold on one can i say but um oh, yeah they're, they're cool things really yeah but the first time i i do what resonates there man is just the first time someone experiences that launch it is it's ridiculous but it's yeah. interesting if you spent an entire day in the car how quickly that trick becomes uninteresting oh i'm sure <laughs> it, it, but it, but the first time, bloody hell! You just, uh, it's yeah. ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I was doing this. I was leaning forwards like this. He said, "No, put your head yeah. on the headrest." Yeah, that won't be very enjoyable. Whiplash. Watch. Yeah, it's like that button they had on Star Trek. Yeah, in a, yeah. In, a, in, a, in, a, in a in a Formula One race, up until not that long ago, a Taycan would have got to the first corner first. That's just yeah. sad. Uh, so, um, uh, Chris Cooper, what have you done this week? So, uh, can I also talk about, I mentioned this last week, I just wanted to say a few words of thank you to people. So, last week I mentioned this 997 Gen 1 manual turbo one owner that um, we were helping to sell on behalf of a friend of ours whose husband very sadly died end of last year. It sold last night on collecting cars for a couple of grand, two and a half grand more than the reserve. Um, so thank you to everyone collecting cars who helped make that happen. Um, a lot of people wrote and were very, very supportive on the YouTube comments last week. Um, we were trying to find all the service history because, unfortunately, uh, Ian um, probably put it somewhere without thinking about it, and it will turn up one day. So uh, RPM Technic near Tring, uh, super chaps running their Porsche mm -hmm. business. Uh, about midnight on Saturday night, uh, Alex there had looked at last week's podcast seeing the listing on the site, emailed me to say, would it be car? And I said, it is exactly his car. So he emailed me over the invoice. We had all the service history. Um, and it's gone to a very good home. Some of you will know him as SWB65, I think. Is oh, the cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Who's a proper chap. And, and my chum up there will be delighted. It's gone to such an appreciative, enthusiastic home. So everybody who said made lots of help and were very kind and uh, comments uh, thank you to all and um and mel has uh, is very very grateful to everyone's help so i want to say thank you to everybody who made that happen good, good stuff 
This is becoming far too positive. Neil Clifford, give us a horror story. Don't you want to do that one? <laughs> yeah, you've got one. <laughs> um, what, what, what did I do? I bought a Boxster. Yes. Ooh. I thought I'd mentioned that. I thought yeah. I'd probably mentioned it before. The series one, whatever that is, 986, isn't it? Yep. Um, Boxster S, 3.2, lapis blue, grey, 6,000 nice miles, all this stuff that should be done has been done, so I'm told. Just nine grand, just a gorgeous little car. Yeah, it's what really colour really interior? Hmm? What colour interior? Grey. Grey Marble grey. Yeah, marble grey, lapis, got the orange, you know, orange indicators back and yes, front. Yes, yeah. Um, everything works, uh, air conditioning. And you know what? It's lovely. I took my wife to M&S on Sunday. We've got the roof down, heater on full. She's like, actually, this is a bloody lovely little car. Do you mind if I use it in the summer? I'm like, darling, I bought it for you. Of course, you can have it. No, Liar. lovely thing. Liar. Um, and and then then at the weekend I went to San Moritz. I went to the um, ice thing, which actually was cancelled. But anyway, the, the, was the, the there was so much snow, four and a half feet of snow in twelve hours, that the snow because this lake is not like a pond; it's like nine miles long. The snow was so heavy that it was pushing the ice down, and then the water was coming up around the edges of the lake. So it was all a bit oh, of shit. a drama. Oh. But nevertheless, all these amazing cars and handsome young and old Swiss men were all down in a garage underneath the bloody lake, you know, in a very chic, hidden garage. So we spent a whole day in an underground garage in St. Moritz. And by the way, you know, St. Moritz is lovely. And I recommend everyone go there, just walk around and eat cakes. It's really good. Brilliant. That's basically what I did. Neil, did you imagine when you got your Boxster that it was 1996 and you were going to flip it? Because that's what you did. You, you got your Boxster. Yeah, I've got an early one. I've got something. Gonna, I'm going to flip it for overs. That's what it was. That SLK Z3 BMWs. Yeah. They were the flip cars, weren't they? Yeah, I, they, they did, they did, I'm not sure the Boxster made massive overs. The amazing trick with the Boxster for about five years, you could run one for a year and swap it for another one, and it never cost you any money for five years. Yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty good. No, I was yes. I was well down the pay grade there. I was I was VR. No, actually not VR six. I was G sixty Carano at a stretch, so I could never get to Boxster. But it was all you know. It was the car really that saved Porsche, wasn't it? And one of my miserable car yeah. dealer friends, when I said, "Oh, look at this amazing box," he said, "Well, the reason why those cars don't sell is because they're as expensive to fix as a nine eleven. So, and I thought, "You miserable bastard!" It's just, it's just, car dealers can never say anything positive ever unless it's about <laughs> a car they're fucking selling. But anyway, right. uh, down a windy road, a box is a nicer thing to drive than a nine eleven. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> and it's sports exhaust, factory sports exhaust, lovely, rorty little thing. I'll keep it for the summer and then give it to my daughter. Or um, so, uh, yeah, I've had a bit of a... Um, actually, there's something's gone on, but I'm not, I can't talk about that for, for reasons that my fellow addicts will uh, will understand. Uh, but I've actually... I've had a, I've had a cracking week. I, I filmed uh, Richard Tuttle's latest creation with one of his uh, best customers. They, they've, they've done something utterly wild. You'll see a full film on it soon. It's a 993RS, a real 993RS. Yeah got some power anyone that's been lucky enough to drive one's always thought what would this be like if it had 400 horsepower 
Well, they've done one. So they've they've put the wow. four back heads from a nine eleven K onto a a real nine nine three RS, and it's um it's quite a tonic. It, it's it's a it's a strong reason to become very wealthy to get one of those. That was a <laughs> fantastic motor car. Um, but yeah, actually, still time. Um, well, I've done. But the the um <laughs> the best thing I've the best best thing I've done the car this week is I went up to uh, West Coast Off Road Centre in Southport today, which is a you know four hour schlep from where I live to get my Land Cruiser back. They finished the work in August last year. Um, but I never got around to going to get it because the they put this ULES into Bristol, and I and I I just knew that I'd drive it through the ULES and I wasn't towing anything, so I left it up there with them. But I went to get it today. Uh, what a thing! So I've had I'm going to do a film on it. I've had all the suspension, the air suspension taken off. I've got proper a big Aussie off road kit on it now. It's a bit raised up. It's got massive springs, dampers. I've had all the fluids taken out. But every single fluid in the car has been replaced. I've had the chassis welded up so it's all mint. It's done 158,000 miles and it's now prepared to do another 158,000 miles. I'm, I like renewing Brilliant. old things at the moment rather than buying new things. Yeah. So yeah. We've got a slightly stiffer ride, but I'm, I'm okay with that. But it was like getting back into a nice old armchair in a cottage that you've not been in for a long, long time. I just sat in it and thought, I really like this vehicle. I don't need anything more than this. So I just I just done a That's five, lovely. A five-hour schlep back in it just now. Um, and I, on the way back, I went to see an extraordinary vehicle. This is a bit of a sales pitch that's going to come to collecting cars soon, which is a, it's a King of Jordan, ex-King of Jordan 964 Carrera. And the best thing is it's on an F, F, F for Freddie plate. There shouldn't be one on F plate. But it's a pre-prod car that was given to him by the factory. It's got every conceivable extra you can have as a 964. It's done 16,000 miles. And it's got, wow. wait, for it, wait for it, at least two of you are going to shit yourself. It's <laughs> got a real, a real second generation, brand new Blaupunk Berlin in the in the, in the oh. dashboard. And it's had all the plastic wow. around it angled to fit with the Berlin. So when you open the door, I, I opened the door and I, and I did a bit of a sex wee. <laughs> it was it's just extraordinary this thing and it's got heated electric seats what color it uh it's a kind of it's a sort of it's an off blue i don't know what the color is here you go that's the color Late. yeah i thought is that on the site yet it's um, uh, is it on the site of chris yet well, my it's, got it's lovely uh, i tell you what and also 964 i know that we we do love them square mirrors and those those wheels yeah d90s and flags Oh God Almighty! Just mm. a sexy machine. So mm, yeah. yeah, did that. that, uh, that and, wheels. Uh, and and I, um, yeah, just had a, a, a good, interesting week with cars break, you know, breaking and not working. And the M5's back again because my this slave thing that I had that broke, and then the pistol that SMG flew it out over the clutch. How, how does it work? It's like how, that. How does it work? It's like that. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. It comes out. Neil Clipper, there's no need for that. There's no need for that. So you know, when you re-engage with old cars, you end up having this just constant pain, but it's a joyous pain. It's a masochism. That yeah, it is. Through. So I went up to Tank yeah. Parrot to see my Integrale, which is just in bits at the moment. That's having a new engine built at the moment. I've got so many projects ongoing. I'm definitely going to be broke by July, but it's going to be so tastefully done. Manish is so, you so jealous of us. Sorry? Manish is so jealous of us that he's, you know... <laughs> I'm going to move out of central London. You've got it's to get your shit yeah. together, man. Uh, no, but this is my big sort of realisation. It's just, you know, Belsize Park, you get one parking permit 
per person. So we could get two. I'd have to try to find someone. Someone did say, if I could find my perfect 456, I can use their lockup. But I mean, when you say something like, you know, you just buy a Porsche Boxer for 9,000 quid and just love it. You know, I love the idea of just, yeah. The, but basically, if I, if I did that, the Camden parking permit for that is about 300 pounds a year. Then on top of that, you've got, um, you're really annoying every time you get in the car. It's, yeah, you're right, actually. What Come is on. that? Should just yeah. let them put You'll a be dead on soon. Yeah, oh, I know, really then. Alpine A110, street park it, go to the I'm salivating. I'm, that, I'm salivating. That's got I'm you. Here, I'm here to do a deal in Abu Dhabi. Kind of place <laughs> of burnings to make deals. Do a deal. Just get, yourself, just get yourself a boxer now. So, for a 10 grand boxer. What yeah, I've got, got one for sale. <laughs> oh, grand. <laughs> he's got a 13 grand boxer for sale. Neil has. What are you going to tell your wife? I stopped it to manage. I've got a deal. I've got a deal, love. I'll do the missus a handbag as well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, yeah. here we yeah. go. So we're now moving on to the thought, okay, we're going to try and talk about Formula One without talking about a particular <laughs> issue. We'll see if we can be objective and talk about testing the runners and riders Who's going well? Who's going badly? Or we can, or we can talk about the frankly incredible <laughs> public implosion of a company that we all thought handled these situations rather well. Manish, let's talk about. Try not to talk about that. Try and talk about the cars. Now. <laughs> I'd just like to begin with Bahrain is one hour that way. <laughs> okay, I'll just start with that. I can't hear you. <laughs> he's in England. I think he's coming back tomorrow. You failed already. Don't talk about the I was lured into it by Cooper. Um, testing. So, no surprise about Red Bull, but the thing that's giving everyone a teeny bit of hope, and I would imagine giving Neil a lot of hope about Lewis's aid, is this Ferrari does look like it's going to be quicker, but it also looks like it's very, very sort of gentle on its tyres. So we don't, we, you know, we don't know. That, that baby could well win a few Grand Prix. Also, mm. Perez had various mechanical problems, something that neither Sainz or Leclerc particularly had. So uh, could there but be... Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a one-eyed German seen limping from the back of his car, grinning with a spanner? With a spanner <laughs> and a hammer. <laughs> so really, there's a tiny bit of... The, the thing I would like to say about testing, which made me kind of go mm -mm, is how crap alpine were 
I've just yeah. that that's actually really, really worrying, I think, for them. Must be. Must be. They're saying the car's black because basically even the paint's too heavy. No, people say, I mean, it's, it's draggy and it's heavy. And um, it's the season opening Grand Prix in just 72 hours or whatever. Yes. First, first testing, that's not a good way to go in. How do we think, how do we feel about the fact that we have an, we have an organisation in Renault that has made no secret of the fact that unless things start to work quite quickly, they have no interest in continued spending in the sport. So they're in a precarious situation, yet Andretti has been told to do that. It's interesting, isn't it? Do you think they should have been a bit kinder to Andretti and said, well, hold on a minute, we might have some people that want to leave the sport soon. Well, there's plenty of people yeah. queuing up to buy any. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Redbird, Redbird Capital bought 10%, something like that, of Alpine last year. The people backed by the Abu Dhabi Sovereign Wealth Fund valued Alpine at a squillion dollars. So, but yeah, it does look, I think you're right, it does look like they are a bit weak. Um, but I mean, what is in it? Has anyone been able to explain Renault's marketing strategy by calling that thing an Alpine? They don't make a trillion Alpines. I don't really understand what, and it's not called a Renault. So how does that help Renault? Well, I, I think I, I, I can see the logic. Alpine as a brand, they want to push as their electric sports sporting brand going forward. Imagine Polestar, something like that. They The Renault thing never really worked for them. And actually, sales of, of Alpines have sh shot through the Gone roof up. in the last yeah. year. I mean, they're, they're up to 5,000 cars, aren't they? Yeah. Best year, 23. Yeah. So maybe they are building something with some permanence. It's still it's still nothing compared to, to what you'd expect. But I, I can if, if, if a lot of it doesn't make sense, the, the Alpine, Alpine name I can just about see. Mm. But um, if they make an, do you think it's possible... I mean, there's a sort of big question about Formula One, I think, more existentially, but do you think it's possible for a car company to be mostly or wholly electric, but compete in a series which is at best hybrid and has some electrical components, but the heart of it is an ICE? Does that very, make any sense to you? Because I think that's that, philosophically never made any sense to me. I agree with you. I, th I think you make a good point. But at the moment, as we can see with Mercedes-Benz announcing that the 2030 thing isn't for them, I think everyone's hedging their bets now. Yeah. All gonna, yes. And, and uh, if you're going to hedge your bets, being in Formula One, knowing that you could sell yeah. your team an entry for a couple of billion tomorrow is not a bad place to be. Yeah, there is no strategic answer to that. Where does this end up? Question. So you might as well you might as well have all avenues open to yourself. Yeah, totally. You, but you don't think it you don't think it's detrimental to their kind of electric um, car I brand. Yeah, to no. be clear, I don't think you can I don't think you can promote a pure EV. On the back of Formula One, I think that doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. That that you don't think sense. Formula One certainly doesn't burnish. I mean, doesn't tarnish your no. road cars if they're no. uh, all electric. Okay. No, I mean you're in it, and your your asset is worth a billion dollars, whatever it is. What's not to like? Okay, probably don't like being at the back, but we'll we'll see. Um, we'll see. Maybe so, on, on, get on the runners and riders, I noted that. McLaren didn't have quite the pace that I thought they were going to have. Is that fair yeah. enough? Lando looks a bit. No, I think that I think that I think they just had a few. They had a few technical issues. They didn't do as many laps as they wanted. But I think I think they're probably fourth actually, and they've got an amazing base. I don't think okay. you saw everything there. How, yeah. how was Aston? Mm, not as good as last year. Yeah. No. But Fernando doesn't care because he's the only available fast world champion. 
And who knows what might happen at the team we can't mention with the news we're not sure is going to happen tomorrow, which will be two days before. The time <laughs> we're recording this on Tuesday, by the way. So you might, <laughs> there's, there's some impishness in the air because yeah. by our calculations, yesterday it was announced that there would be a decision on Christian Holland's future within 48 hours. And we're, even though none of us is that bright, we can work out that means by close and play tomorrow. Um, yeah. But we'll yeah. come back to that. So I, I'm actually, worried. Who is worried? Who's been worried? I have about what's happened to Alpha Tauri now they've disappeared from the sport. Alpha Tauri, as we, oh, here we go. Some of you might know, um, Alpha Tauri is that completely unknown clothing manufacturer who made the most ridiculously boxy clothes that they forced Paul Yuki Sonoda to wear. So he looked like an extra from Team America World Police the whole time, wearing these big boxy jackets with his little head and body move around inside it. I mean, it really was. It was Matt Damon, if anybody's a fan of Team America World One Police. One of the greatest films ever made. One of the finest. <laughs> finest Were he not? In a movie ever. That was rated. Were he not? Have you well, seen the have you seen the director's cut on YouTube? The extra sex scene. Yeah. All well, were he not? Where would AlphaTauri end up? They are now an official sponsor of the FIA. How is that allowed? How? I mean, no. Somebody said there are other presidents, though. The the FIA get this from there, that that from there, and that from there. I did read this yesterday. Ah. They do need the money. They desperately need the money because they're worried. I mean, they. It's a long story. The only thing is that car's going to be, it's going to be very quick, isn't it? Because the Visa got, Cash app, the V, what's it yeah, called, V-Crap? It's got last year's, it's got the RB19 suspension front and rear. It's got all kinds Probably. of pieces. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be very quick. So anyway, I'm, I'm one, I'm pleased that Alpha Tauri's non-existent clothing range is going to be supporting the coffers of the FIA. Is everybody going to watch the race on Saturday? It's Saturday. What time is it? What now? It was about UK half past eight. Time. No, I think it's about, I think it's what? about five o'clock, four or five o'clock on Saturday. I'm, I'm sure I'll find some way of watching. Are you going to watch the race on Saturday? Yes, yeah. Okay. Do we yeah. do we feel excited about this year? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah of course I we think do. So it's more about people and drama and intrigue than it probably is about who's going to win the races. But you know. <laughs> Most things are about humans, aren't they, really? So it's going to be all quite fun, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's have a little chat about spotlights before we move on. By the way, I, I, just to provide some protection to us legally, uh, I don't want to suggest too much, but our music choices today at the end of the show might be inspired by a particular situation and person within a Formula One team. Okay. Um, here we go. Here we go. Spotlights on cars. I mean, obviously, we all agree that they are fundamentally fantastic. Yeah. Auxiliary driving lights, as they were always known by our parents, are a thing of joy. And the idea that the performance driving enthusiast would reach down to just put on his auxiliary driving lights, or she would, to turn on those lights to give a better view of the road as they drove expertly with spring, spring, uh, spring back gloves and special driving shoes. That's how, how we all imagined ourselves when we were young. Um, I, I love driving lights. This was inspired for me because Ferrari have just made this fantastic sort of atelier special car, which I think is an 812, isn't it, Neil? Is it an 812? It's a 812 GTS, uh, Competizione or GTS. It's a GTS, that one. Can you see that? They put, from a factory, they put two Hella spotlights behind the front grille. Yeah. And I melted when I saw it. I just thought they looked That's so peak. perfect. 
And I remind so a little discussion on spotlights because I think we all love them. So tell us your favourites. Tell us the ones that make you go gooey and remind you of racing cars in your youth. Chris Cooper. It's just the magic thing, isn't it? You can. It's like an Alistair McLean novel where you're sort of the the protagonist is chasing a baddie on a mountain road and the pace is upping a bit and the goodie turns to his presumably female pastor and say, I'm going to have to deploy my auxiliary. <laughs> just that word auxiliary, isn't that a great word? It's got yeah. classic English understatement. And I think it works really well. TBR Griffiths didn't all have those auxiliary lamps in the grill. No. But the ones that do, your mate, um, Neil, your watch guy, your watchmate. Paul. Paul. Yeah. He's got Maybe a lovely TBR Griffith with auxiliary yep. lamps, I think, in the grill. And they're he just does. wonderful. So, And the, the other one, the obvious one, is the pre-90s Aston Martin V8 Vantage. Because oh. they've got that... There's, there's a French there's a French twister, either Marshall or Sibby, with those lovely concave faces. That beautiful bulbous case, semi-recessed into the grill. Oh, peak, peak. Uh, uh, Neil Clifford, spotlights. Whenever I put a picture of a car with spotlights on our WhatsApp group, the fastest person to respond is Chris Harris. You absolutely adore them, don't you? You absolutely adore them. And there's a there's like that eight twelve that originates actually from a guy. I don't know the guy, but he's there's a tailor made TDF. That's yeah. uh, In Posi, I think, um, or or um, he's of noble descent. Is he? Yes, like us all. <laughs> and he's got tailor-made spotlights built into the TDF, and I'm so bloody jealous of those lights. It's just fantastic. So it's a bit like in the Instagrammy young lad photographer world that I try to be in, as in be friends with some of these amazingly talented chaps. It's coloured carbon is like the Rolls-Royce of excitement, and but slightly just down the pinnacle of that, it's the tailor-made spotlight is really gets everyone super excited. Yeah. And something yeah. about spotlights, isn't there? I don't know, it's a, it's a childish thing. Um, I've got a set of four original um, Martial lamps on my Lovely. 65 Alpha. Oh. And you put them on, I've got two of them are yellow, two of them are white. Oh. oh, oh! I've just made a mess. And you know that 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 was that was in Sicily in the time. No, not again. Oh, I've messed again. And of course, I came last, but I came last with the biggest. Then he came on. after Chris. Yeah, um, not like me. Yeah, but, hey, lads, come on. Yeah. Um, I, hey, here's a question for you. I, I the romanticism of the spotlight for me is you know it's probably seventies, eighties through to nineties. I think the DRL ruined it. Yeah. Once once you had this LED signature that was on the whole time, the, the, the idea of performance went away from it. Because actually, right. spotlights denoted a special model normally. Yeah. You know, a, a 205 that was fast had two extra lights right down on its chinny chin chin. And, uh, you know, anything that was fast had these extra lights. MBMWs had low down driving and fog lamps. But now you just get these, all these light signatures are too complicated. And all the advertising would be amazing stills photography with a you know a bit of grit coming off the tires. And there would be, there'd be 
spot lamps piercing through a bit of spray or something. It's just so evocative. Now it's not the same, but they're still clever with lighting. But there was something about it. And for me also, racing cars. Any racing car that's had its bodywork adjusted, so they've smashed some lights that are recessed and they yeah. simply have a clear perspex cover. And then when you Ooh. see the car after the race and it's flecked with flies and scratches and it tells the story of the race. I mean, I'm I'm wobbly knees then. And some of the Manti Porsches yeah. in the yeah. late 90s, they make their own, they, there's no factory, they make their own light units and recess them into the front grills. They just look sensational. Yeah, also, the um the the the, T, the TDF owner has also got an Aston Martin GT8 with no rear wing, with the that. Le Mans um spec uh, two yeah. center lights, which which they ran at Le Mans, and they're in yellow. Yeah, they're very close it, together on. Yeah, it look it, right in the middle. Yeah, it's and it's it's a very very oh. cool looking thing. Oh, yeah. cool is that? Porsche have obviously put this rack on the Dakar with the lights built into that rack, which also looked very cool. And the Storato has the same thing. Um, I just love, didn't you just love XR3 eyes? They were the, they yes. were the, uh, they were the, that's true. The, that the people's car with the spotlights. Mm. But I've got to say, Ferrari 456MGT. Yeah. They Two put them lights. into the grill. Yeah. Two yep. of them, they look absolutely beautiful. That front of that grill is gorgeous looking yeah. the last thing that on a on a proper sort of rack has to be the lancia stratos because i think they managed to get four on two big ones and two auxiliary auxiliaries yeah they very cool great. but the yeah i saw it that i was i was let me just find this bloody thing the stratos oh, oh look at go. that yeah. more colors That's look in a, at that in a, in a car park in san moritz that's so insanely beautiful i also yeah. like something like a toyota hilux with a roll bar on the top with the four spotlights on the top of yeah. the roll bar kc kc daylighters kc daylighters look at those i don't know if you can see that the aston martin bulldog uh, bulldog yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. wild yeah it yeah. was sat there running yeah. you know look the picture on picture on my wall the one there on that that one there yeah um, that's our car monkey, one of the Nürburgring 24-hour races, coming out in the mini carousel at night or dusk. Okay. And we had four lights in days when you put lights. We had a different bonnet. We had a nighttime bonnet with the four lamps in it and a daytime bonnet without them, slightly less drag. Um, it's just the coolest thing ever. What, yeah. So most cars, I think you can say, most car shapes look better if you lower them a bit and put some arches on them, box arches or flared arches, I think the same can be said of, of lamps. So here's yeah. a 911. A 911 is a great shape. Here's a 911 rally car with its lamp on. Oh. oh. You know, you just, there's something about it. There's something about it. Yeah. Okay, right, moving on. We're being slow today, but um, it's all lots of fun. Uh, Chris Cooper has decided to introduce us one of his, it's the first of an occasional series of games that's called... <laughs> Well, Chris, you, you tell us what this is about, because I, I think it's going to be great okay. fun. Some so, of our regular listeners might think that you've totally lost your shit. I have. I have. So I'm indebted at this point to, the, uh, I found this on social media, the Archbishop of Banterbury. Oh, yes. I'm crediting with, and I found this. So I have a list of 12, uh, 10 names. And a little quiz is, you've all got to take part, keep score yourselves, is, yeah. is it... Cheese, yeah, or service station. 
for those of you that can't see this, Chris, Chris is holding up, mounted on polystyrene, pictures of a service station and a cheese. But it's a, it's a cheese that's got a face. Okay. So um, I'm going to read out these 12 names, these 10 names. Do we and need a pen? So, yeah, you need a pen. Oh, yeah, and um, oh, if you'll get it right, I get to say cheese. If you get it wrong, I'm going to say hard cheese, old boy. It's a service station. <laughs> cheese or hard cheese. Okay, here we go. Got 10 names. Yep. Cheese or service station. Number one, Broxton. Broxton? Broxton. Do we just write these down? Yeah, just yeah, write them down. Well, okay. you got and you tell me what they are. So okay, we'll write down. Go go, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll come back to it. It's gonna score okay. us at the end, I think. Sorry. Yeah. Number two, trowel. Trowel. Yeah. Number three is Tunworth. Yeah. Cheese or service station. Number four is Stitchelton. <laughs> Number five is Old Inns. Service yep. station or cheese? Yep. Number six is Boland. Uh, oh, at this point, I want to make a note to anyone in the Collecting Cars office looking at the analytics of the Collecting Cars podcast. If the if the listening numbers have just dropped off a fucking cliff, then we My know fault. what. Carry, carry on. Number seven is Chevington. Yeah. Oh, for goodness oh, sake. Oh, that sounds easy. <laughs> number eight. Number eight is Pont Abraham. Yeah. Number nine is, I'm giving this away, Gordano. <laughs> it's a fucking And cheese. number 10 is Derby. <laughs> and what's the and number last 10 one? Is number 10 is Derby. Okay? Yeah. Right. So, number one, Broxton. Yeah. Cheese or services. 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 It's services. It's yeah. cheese. 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 It's, it's services. Roxon is services. Yeah. Number two, trowel. Yeah. Cheese. Services. Ah! <laughs> no. Yeah. Tunworth. Services. It's cheese. Oh, no. I haven't got one right yet. No, me neither. <laughs> Stitchelton. Yeah. Services. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're doing less well than chance. You realise that? Um, yes. Old ins, old services. It is hard cheese. It's services. Listen, this yes. just is not right. I've got two right uh, now. But Bo Bo Boland, Boland. Cheese. Three. Chevington. Services. Service station. Cheese. Oh, oh come on! I haven't got one yet. <laughs> That, Neil, that's actually statistically almost not possible. Pont Abraham. <laughs> Services. Jeez. What is it? Yes. Oh, for God's sake. sake. Gorodino. Services. I think we all know oh, it's services. Oh, it's a, I'll tell you what, if you go to the bog, there's a lot of cheese in there. Right, go yeah. on. <laughs> and the last one, Derby. Cheese. Cheese. It's cheese. Yeah. I'll tell you what, lads. Oh my God! Six one. out of ten. I got six. I got six. Or two. Six out of ten. One. Six well out of ten, lucky. Christopher. Me too. Well done, Neil. What'd you get? One. Gordano. <laughs> <laughs> He's the, the only one he got right is the place he hates most on earth. <laughs> and Manish, what'd you get? Two. Two. 
So one, two, six, and six. Wow. So oh, Neil, yes. it's Neil is hard cheese. <laughs> and Edward and Chris, it's a nice little bit of cheese. Well done. Well done. Play, Good game. play another game another time. <laughs> it's a fantastic game, Chris Cooper. And we'll have another occasional game tomorrow. It's like the Mornington Crescent moment of our lives. Isn't that is it? true. On Good the Legend Cars podcast. So, um, moving on. Our two-car garage this week. I can't tell you who it's proposed by because I can't really read the name. It's a series of... It's like one of those passwords you get offered by your computer. It's it's far too long and complex. Anyhow, it's rather nicely suggestive. You're a music producer who lives in the hills above Monte Carlo, and you regularly commute up and down through the numerous tunnels that surround the area. You need two cars. First, the first one needs the best listening experience for you and your passengers within the confines of the car. The second needs to produce the best noise out of the exhaust as you thrash up and down the mountains, budget is unlimited. EFL loves a bit of budget unlimited. He loves that. Um, Edward, off you go. Well, I might have lived in that neck of the woods once upon a time. <laughs> and one of the cars I did own down there was a 991.1 GT3. And... I think to be inside the car, it's one of the great noises. To be to be going through a tunnel at nine thousand RPM, it just doesn't get much better than that. Um, so that's my car for being sat inside. And then I think for being on the outside, which you could also be on the inside, but you can remove the roof on this car. I think an F fifty with a straight through tubey exhaust is one of the sounds yeah. whether you're inside or out it yeah. outside of it yeah, yeah. So yeah. those that's my choices right i think we've hit a bit of a high bar straight on there people um chris cooper try and beat those two well i think you've I, i'm not sure you've done that right edward i agree i've i've read it slightly different way as well chris. so did i so oh, music Cameron, producer, music yeah. producer being the hint. So Cameron and I had this conversation this afternoon, and he said, surely the first one is about the best environment into which to listen to music. Music. I think it's so, open. I think this is open to interpretation, actually. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, I've just interpreted it. That's how <laughs> no, I've no, interpreted it. And it says budget <laughs> is unlimited. We're, we're, all being, we're all being lovely today. You interpret it as you want, Chris Cooper. It's absolutely fine. So, given that budget is unlimited, I'm going to I'm going to craft in a large lorry a mini version of the Royal Albert Hall because <laughs> I think that would be a jolly lovely place <laughs> to listen to music for me and my passengers. I hate to be a grammatical pedant. User dash px six q. No, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. I'm. I'm no, don't go with it. <laughs> okay. Um, so that I'd have roll out a hole in the lorry. Yeah. And the second car, the one that is just rah, it's got to have flames. It's got to have flames coming out of the exhaust. Nine eleven K. Okay. Sounds great. Flames out of the exhaust. Roll out a hole and a nine eleven K. Those are my two choices. There we go. There we go. It's getting more and more bizarre. Manish, what are you going to have? Um, I found this fantastic three-minute video on why this is the only car you can have if um, you're a music producer and you want quiet because you want to just listen to this music. 
And ironically, we've just all dumped it as a daily. It is actually the Rolls Royce Ghost. <laughs> if you've seen the three minute video on how they tune the car and, you know, they have to put a little hole in the bloody parcel shelf at the back just so the vibrations work. But I think it's it's got to be one of those. And I think if you are in uh, the foothills of Monaco, I think it's got to be white with very dark blue leather, actually. I think you just got to, you'd always wear a white suit. I personally would just have, you know, one of those Simon Kidston off, off-white suit, probably sort of blue, yeah. very light blue shirt, open Pretty collar, blue. I don't think yeah. I'd wear a tie. I, I would get some churches, um, I'd probably get some churches brogues, actually, just get some tan brogues, I think really good. So that would be my serenity look. And um, Good look. The only car I could imagine making the right noise in there has got to be the Alpha 33 Stradale, hasn't it? At almost 9,000 revs, a two-litre engine going like that. That would be my second car. Love it. Um, uh, Neil Clifford. Well, I would do what I want to do in the UK, but no one will let me. So I'd have a Rolls-Royce Phantom EWB um, because I've been on their configurator and learned all about their stereo. As Manish said, it's absolutely bloody amazing. I'd have it in our friend, our friend from the Peninsula spec in dark green with tan and, you know, just mega. And then, God, it's really difficult. I was going to go F50, and probably F50 is the right answer, Edward, to be honest, with that, with the roof off. I was going to go GT1, but McLaren F1. If the budget's unlimited, you're going to have a McLaren F1. Yeah, you? good call. They, ju they just sound yeah, bloody unbelievable. Yeah. I, I was there in 95 and 96 when they won Le Mans, and I don't think there's a better sound, really, than that. So, And, and that's a pretty nice two-car garage. That's what I'd have. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. So, so I'm going to say that I'm going to interpret this as being music within the car and then music from the exhaust. I, although I can see you, you can be both ways. I still maintain the best in-car hi-fi is the Burmester fitted to the S63 AMG. Many people don't agree, but I love it. So, And I love that car, and I want to mention it every week. S63 AMG Coupe, all the convertible, I don't care. Get the Burmester. That is the best hi-fi. It's extraordinary. Now, controversially, for the music out of the exhaust, the F50 is probably the choice. But there's only one Ferrari I think is more musical and has a more interesting engine sound, and that's the flat 12 in the 512TR. That, on slightly naughty pipes, it's the car that I used to own. I drove that car down through the tunnels. Having Actually, I went for a bit of a drive after seeing someone called Edward Lovett for lunch down in that neck of the woods, and I fired through all the tunnels. I don't know what exhaust was on my car. It had no stamp on it, but it had no real silencing on it. And it was just the best noise. It didn't, it didn't rev and rev to nine, but there's something about a flat 12. There's a there's an, an, an extra note of interest in there beyond the V configuration. That I think for me, that's the most musical of all of their engines. What mm, a lovely. nice car. Pat yourself on the backs, people. What a lovely bunch of cars that was. Yeah. Now, you might have noticed there is a theme here that when I feel I want to get ahead of my fellow addicts and give my music choices or make sure that I don't end up having to say what someone's already said, I allow myself to go first. And on this week's music selection, I'm going to do just that. So here, today, we're going to allow ourselves two tunes, and they might have a particular theme about them to do with a situation within an F1 team at the moment. 
So my two tunes are, and I'm going to say these with a straight face. I'm going to say these with a straight face. In 1998, a band called Mouse T. I knew you were going to go for that one. (laughs) Had a hit with a song called Horny. I'm horny, 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 horny. (laughs) Now, I don't know what this refers to, but... You'll know what it is, and the lyrics are quite stupendously simple. But Horny by Mouse T is up there. And of course, the other one, and this is not meant to be arch at all, is um It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> so uh, over over to you, Edward Lovett. Well, obviously, Horny was the first one, and I I knew someone was gonna have it. I, and I, I'm to be honest with you, I didn't do enough research on this one because that one was so good. But I'm going to go for, I think there was a song at the same time called Doggy Style, uh, <laughs> doing it like they did on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> so, <laughs> you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. Yes. <laughs> fantastic set of lyrics to that, yeah. Um, okay, so Chris Cooper, what are you going for? Well, there are two outcomes here, really, aren't there, that we're all kind of toying with. <laughs> so in the in the, in the the outcome that it goes south, I think it would be the clash, I fought the law and the law won. <laughs> um, on, on the outcome that it doesn't go south and it all goes tickety-boo, then I think it would be um, George Michael, Freedom. There's a particular recording of Freedom by George right Michael, song. which celebrated the 10th anniversary of MTV. And he's singing it acoustically with like a gospel choir. And just the makeup and look of him, I said to you guys last night, he looks exactly like the bastard love child of Lando and Lewis. It's uncanny. So if it goes south, I fought the law and the law won the clash. Yeah. If it doesn't go south, freedom, George Michael, in a kind of a cappella kind of style. Like it. Manish, <laughs> Manish you're allowed two. You said you've got four. No, I've allowed two. Yeah. Um, a little obscure, Duran Duran's So Misled. I just think it's a, good. <laughs> it's a great song, but the best one I felt, I do have a couple of lines of lyrics from this, it's The Doors' Back Door Man. <laughs> okay. oh, you guys will <laughs> never be on air ever again. The lyrics, the lyrics, these lyrics are genius. <laughs> you men, you men eat your dinner, eat your pork and beans. I eat more chicken than many men have ever seen. <laughs> I think that's... Jesus Christ. Right. Light to medium misogyny in there, but yes. moving on. Uh, Neil Clifford. I bought I bought tickets to, um, you know, remember Moon Safari, the album? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're celebrating yeah. 25 years of that album at the Royal Albert Hall in May. And the best song on the album is Sexy Boy. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Lovely, lovely little song. But then, then I also thought, you know, you can't beat Carly Simon. You're so vain. Yeah, that's a top. Have that's that brilliant. You listen to the lyrics. You yeah. know, that's yeah. a top track. So enjoy yeah. that. It's a brilliant, brilliant song. Um, okay. And there is a there is a big similarity between Warren Beatty, about whom that song was written. Exactly. Yes, my wife and reminded the person, me of that. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, after this is recorded, there'll be there except could be... in terms of how they look. <laughs> after this is recorded, there could be some um, some interesting politics and news reporting in the F1 pad. 
So that's the end of episode 54. For, thank you for being along for the ride. Uh, and we hope to see you and you might hear from us next week. Thank you. Good night. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.